Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Oh, and first pitch, rushing! Deep left field! This is Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. It's time for one of my favorite podcasts of the year. Welcome into Fantasy Baseball today on Thursday, July 13th. I am Frank Stample, joined by Scott White and Chris Towers. Today on the show, we are redrafting the first two rounds for the rest of the season. Love to do it, fun exercise, um, and I'm very much so looking forward to it. The A's also promoted two of their top prospects, Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Geloff. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Shout out to the Welsh. We did the top impact prospects for the second half of the season. We talked about like 12, 15 names the other day, and uh, he brought up both of those guys. So shout out to the Welsh for uh, Getting ahead of that. Before we get started, please like this video and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. And if you're listening on the audio side, download, follow, and leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. I've got to let everyone behind the curtain a little bit here before we get started. We're talking beforehand, as we usually do, right? I'm stalling because I need some more time. And I asked the guys, well, what do you think about my new Yankee hat? (laughs) Scott hated it. He's like, it looks like a second grader. Put your hat together with all the clipboard and la la la. I was like, I don't know, man. I like it. This is not a unique take of mine. When when (laughs) this line of hats was introduced and it was making its way through the, that was like the consensus point of view. It looked like, so it's it's a regular Yankees hat, but it has just like an image of the Statue of Liberty on it. I don't know. It has few other new york related images see so i i hate this hat for a different reason well we know why chris because you're a yankees hat you're a hater yeah well i i i said and it's it's not just your hat specifically it's a whole line of hats that was released that are you know they have images like that related to the city around you know just plastered onto the normal team's hat and i said it looked exactly how it would look if you assigned a second grader with the task of, oh, make an alternate Yankees hat that you know has that shows a connection to the city. What they do is they'd go and find clip art images of like the Statue of Liberty and just stick it on the Yankees hat, and that's that's exactly what has been done with this line of hats. And uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you went for it, Frank. I'm a little surprised you went for it. More than the Statue of Liberty, it's I really like the hats with like the World Series patches, and on the back it has two World Series patches on it and stuff. But well, I know what I'm not getting Scott for Christmas, basically. So there you go. (laughs) I I just I I I wish the Braves hat has like a peach on it or something. I I wish the Welsh was on here because there's an I think you should leave skit that I really wanna I want I wanna quote this skit so bad. 
but I can't. You, you guys don't know about Dan Flashes. You probably can do it, and I'm sure and a lot of people... Very aggressive patterns. A lot of people out there would probably know what you're talking about. But You pay so much money for the aggressive <laughs> patterns. Well, anyway, let us know what you think of my hat. Do you agree with me, or do you agree with Scott? Let's get into redrafting the first two rounds for the rest of the season. This is for 5x5 five five Roto, uh, but we can make some points along the way about players who might be higher in head-to-head points leagues, maybe a little bit lower. So, of course, we will do that. And Chris... You have been gifted the first overall pick. I wonder where you're going to go. I mean, I think it's the number one pick in either format. It's Ronald Acuna. He's just having an absolutely absurd season. And we talk about it a lot. We probably don't need to talk about it on this podcast because there's nothing actionable about Ronald Acuna at all right now. But he's the clear number one player in fantasy. He's not the best player in baseball because Shohei Otani exists, but He's doing a real good job of giving Shohei Otani a run for his money. I mean, it's about as as good a uh, run as Shohei Otani could get. And look, I don't think Ronald Acuna is going to keep hitting 330. I think he'll probably slow down. I don't think he's going to score 147 runs. Uh, probably won't drive in 95 runs or whatever he's on pace for. I, I think there will probably be some slowdown. On the other hand... He is actually, based on expected stats, one of the biggest underperformers in baseball right yeah. now, Crazy. which is just batting bananas. His expected batting average is 350. And yeah. like that's a stat, expected batting average, that's supposed to uh, like moderate mm-hmm. the extremes. You know, you're not supposed to see an expected batting average that high ever. And, and part of the reason for that is he's cut his strikeout rate in half. Yeah. Like he's 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 made improvements with strikeout rate in the past, but this this strikeout rate is is almost exactly half of his career best strikeout rate. He's striking out twelve percent of the time, in addition yep. to uh, all the impact he's having with power and on the base paths. And I don't know, maybe he'll hit three thirty. I'm I'm not. Yeah, like I I said that more confident than I actually am because he's look. I mean, th- this is the kind of thing we talked about coming into the season where like. Ron Acuna may not make the Hall of Fame. He's got a long way to go. But the start that he's on his career is 100% a Hall of Fame start. Like, if you look up any comparable players, basically all of them are going to be in the Hall of Fame, except for, like, I think Tony Caligliaro always shows up for these guys. Like, if you compare them, he had a great start to his career and then got derailed. I I think that's who I'm thinking of. But everyone else, uh, yeah, it's... Like, he was always a very, very good to bat to bounce back. We're talking about an elite, elite player, an elite young player especially. He's amazing. Last he walks a lot now. He, yeah, he's just incredible. Last point on Ronald Acuna, 441.5 fantasy points on CBS. The next closest hitter is Shohei Otani at 383.5. So that's, nearly, that's a good season. Nearly 60 points <laughs> less than what Ronald Acuna is like doing right now. 441 points is like, if you do that for a whole season, that's like a top 100 player. I always love a good uh, Chris grabbing the cat well, in the middle of the screen and throwing is, it on the floor. The Because you're going to hear it. We haven't heard it in a couple of weeks because we changed the, the feeding time, but the feeder is going to go off in about a minute and she knows it. And she's being annoying anyway. <laughs> she's it's manipulative. She's trying to get fed. And just wait, the thing is going to go off. She's staring at it now. It's fine. I love it. All right. So first overall was Ronald Acuna. We probably talked about him for way too long. Scott, you're up with the second pick. Never can talk about Acuna for too long. I am going to go with who I think is the one player with the chance of supplanting Acuna rest of season. I don't think he will, but he's the one player with a chance of doing it, and that is Fernando Tatis, who was a, a little slow out of the gate coming back from all the surgeries and the suspension. Let's go. The cat feeder. Let's go. Tatis was a little slow out of the gate, uh, but then he really turned it on in June. And um, since the start of June, seven homers, nine steals, batting well over 300, looking basically like the Fernando Tatis we saw before all the surgeries and the suspension. And um, 
for having missed that first month of the year. You know, he's already at 16 homers, 14 steals. Uh, is outfield and shortstop eligible, which comes in handy. Probably starting him in the outfield at this point, to be honest. But it's nice to have that extra eligibility. And, yeah, I think he's... For me, the clear number two choice. Fernando Tatis is currently the 19th overall player in Roto despite missing, uh, despite playing 20 less games than everybody else. 3.9 fantasy points per game. That's tied for eighth best among all hitters. Like Acuna has uh, cut his strikeout rate so far this season. The only thing I think he needs to do and hopefully you know could pull this off in the second half is um, lift the ball a little bit more. His, his barrel rate is down mm-hmm. a little bit so far this season compared to his career mark, but if he does that, uh, I think he can get back on that normal Fernando yeah. Tatis pace. I mean, that's the thing, is that he's on a 162-game pace of 288 batting average, 120 runs, 37 homers, 102 RBI, and 34 steals. And he really hasn't been that good. Like relative, Like, he's playing below the level that he's previously established in the majors. Like I was all in on him. He was a top 12 player for me, even with the suspension. I'm really happy with what he's done. And yeah, I think he's going to be even better in the second half. All right. Number three pick goes to me and I will take Shohei Otani. I think there's a pretty clear top three. Maybe you can argue Tatis versus Shohei Otani. I think the draft probably starts here with the fourth pick. Uh, We talked about Otani yesterday and what he's done. Leads baseball with 32 home runs this season while batting 302, 63 runs, 71 RBI, 11 steals. He also has the fourth most strikeouts in baseball as a pitcher. 132 strikeouts so far this season. A quick question to you guys. Do you think Otani gets traded? No. The Angels are too competitive to to even consider trading him. Yeah, I don't think it happens either. Uh, I I do want to say, I, you know, it's it's obvious to all of us, but it probably needs to be said. If if we're drafting for a league with daily lineups, Otani is yes easily the number one pick. They had the only the number one overall pick. The only problem with him being such so good as a pitcher and a hitter is it just makes it all the more frustrating that you can't get both of those contributions from him in yeah. the same scoring period. But if you're setting your lineup every day, then you pretty much can. You miss you miss the hitting stats he delivers on days he's pitching, but otherwise you pretty much get it all. And that is uh, nobody comes close to making the impact he can in that scenario. I, I will say, like, you can make the case to take him ahead of Tatis, probably. But I do think there's a danger in drafting a player right when he's at his very hottest because he hit 15 home runs in June. He basically had half of his season total in June. Heading into June, Shohei Otani, uh, his numbers were good, but they were more typical of a Shohei Otani season. They weren't like, the amazing stat line he has now. So he entered June batting 269 with 15 homers, seven steals, and 882 OPS. Still numbers that would justify a first-round pick, especially given the possibility of of being able to use him as a pitcher when needed. But I, I think his numbers are a little overblown right now because he just had such a ridiculous month. So we'll we'll see if that holds true. But I, I don't know if looking back we're going to see him as an obvious top five pick in weekly lineup leagues. Chris, you are up with the fourth pick in the draft. The first three, Acuna, Tatis, and Otani. And I think this is where it gets really, really difficult. I'm going to default to Jose Ramirez, who I just... There are probably sexier picks that I could make, and there's one in particular who has kind of been an even better version of Jose Ramirez so far. Well, I guess there's two that I could think of, but Ramirez... The track record, the really, really high floor, and I think like we haven't necessarily seen a crazy month from him yet. I guess his June was very, very good, seven home runs, but we haven't like we haven't seen him go ten home runs in a month with you know a bunch of steals. He had seven and, and four in June. He was really, really good, but I just I think he's probably underperformed a little, and you're still talking about a guy who's on a. 25 homer, 15 steal pace, and will probably improve on both of those numbers. Jose Ramirez is currently the 23rd overall player in Roto, the ninth best hitter in head-to-head points leagues. And you were right. He first two months, kind of slow start for Jose Ramirez, then exploded in June. You know, I mean, I guess 
explosion, a relative term compared to someone like Shohei Otani. But 330 with seven home runs, four steals, a 1030 OPS. That is a very, very fine month for Ramirez. Frankly, a little surprised that you went with him, Chris. I think there are other high yeah. floorish type options so that are I, similar. I you left me with an easy one here. It depends on, like, if we were talking about projecting 2024, there's one guy in particular who I would p- consider taking over, Jose Ramirez. And then I, you're talking about Freddie Freeman, right, Scott? Yes. That's who you're going to take? Yes. That's the one I'm really struggling with because – he has Our, more stolen bases. That's, than Jose that's the thing that's wild is like he's slow. Freddie Freeman is slow of foot now. He is 36, 32nd percentile in sprint speed, but he's been a very good base runner over the past few seasons, had a career high in stolen bases last year as a 32-year-old. And now, even though he's slower, he's on pace for 25 steals. I just yes, don't know how real that is. Guy. Oh, he, yeah, he's one I away. Mean, consecutive years of doing it, and he's he's both of both since like it it co- coincides with him joining the Dodgers, mm-hmm. and you know this year where he's on pace for to 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 double the career high he set last year. Basically, it coincides with a significant rule change that improves base stealing. So he's mm-hmm. he's shown himself to be somebody who a is running more with the Dodgers, b is happy to take advantage of this rule change, and I don't have. I don't have reason to think it's going to change and, and that Freddie Freeman, I don't know if he's going to get all the way to 25, but if you're setting the over under at 19, I think I'd take the over, you know, he's already got 12 and I like the thing is you could justify picking him here, even without the speed element. Mm-hmm. That's just a nice bonus. He's the safest bet for batting average in baseball. He's on pace for 131 runs scored batting second in the Dodgers lineup. And uh, after slumping to 21 homers last year, he's on pace for 30 this year. So any any whiff of decline as a power hitter, I, I think, has been removed. And he's just been he's been he's been as safe of a first round hitter as as you can think of. I, I mean, I, I think he's I, I think he's overtaken Mike Trout. I mean, we don't we don't think of Mike Trout as a first rounder anymore, and Freddie Freeman is still sticking around there. So he's been as reliable of a first round pick as anybody over the past what decade. Yeah, and as somehow getting even better because he's added this element of speed. Yeah, not counting 2020, he's on pace for the second best batting average of his career after last season, the second most home runs of his career. Sorry, the third most home runs of his career, the most steals the most RBI and the second most runs. And he's 33 years old. It's, it's remarkable. I'll yeah. add another, uh, uh, to add another note to this, because, you know, specifically since we're talking about a Roto draft here, I think there's a tendency to think of Freddie Freeman as more of a, a points league specialist since for most of his career, he wasn't a stolen base standout and he's always had good plate discipline and all that. He is currently the number three overall player in Roto Leagues. And here I am taking him fifth in our draft here. Last year, he was also the number three player in Roto Leagues, even with the diminished power and even with him not stealing near as many bases as he is this year. So, like, yeah, I, I think he's an obvious top five choice now in fantasy and it only helps that first base has a bit, pretty big drop off after the top five, six, seven at the position. So it's 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 become a nice position to fill early too. All right, number six pick for me is I'm going to go with a, another high floor player, someone who has exploded over the past couple of weeks. That is Mookie Betts. He's currently the fifth best player in Roto, the third best hitter in head-to-head points leagues, batting 276 with 26 home runs, seven steals. Like Freddie Freeman, the counting stats are insane right now on pace for 131 runs scored 112 rbi and there might actually be room for the batting average to climb he's got a 285 xba the highest barrel rate since 2018 so mookie Betts has been awesome doesn't run as much as he used to or maybe as much as we want him to but the home runs the counting stats certainly make up for that whether it's roto or head-to-head points i am going with mookie Betts sixth overall uh just to recap the First half of the first round, Acuna, Tatis, Shohei Otani, Jose Ramirez, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Chris, I don't know if you have a, a cat to collect or anything, but if you're ready to go, you have the seventh pick. These cats are 
acting a fool. Yeah, I uh, I think Corbin Carroll's the pick here. Uh, um, I would have taken him fourth, actually. Or I guess, no, sorry. I would have taken him fifth. Take him I had the chance. I would have taken him fifth after Jose Ramirez. So I would have taken him ahead of uh, Freddie Freeman. And, you know, partially that's just what Scott was or Frank was talking about there, the anti bias, the bias against the 34 year old is, is a little unfair. And, you know, Cor- Carol, I think two weeks ago, Scott, when you wrote your redrafting the first mm-hmm. two rounds, Cor- Corbin Carroll was third, your number three pick. Yeah. And I met have Otani even. And I think the shoulder scares have dampened the enthusiasm just a little bit. I think it's, it's not that we think he's going to be bad the rest of the way. It's just, it's, it's introducing an element of risk that, I would say so. Feels pretty significant, although what they've said is that it really wasn't worrisome at all, that it was just scary at the moment. He had like a, the way he flexed, it was just like a nerve thing is what they said. They've had to say that twice in the span of a week. So now every time Corbin Carroll swings, I'm expecting something bad to happen. Of course, he came back. He might be too. And he might be too, because in, in both instances, I mean, he just walked off the field. He was, you know, we were thinking season ending injury on this mm-hmm. previously surgically repaired shoulder that, you know, he, he, he does not seem confident in him, in it himself. And I know they've had MRIs to rule out. I, I wish they'd give us more detail. Like they, they've been, they've said it's not an issue, but they haven't really gone into more detail than that. And, you know, if, they were using terms like scar tissue or something, maybe I'd feel mm-hmm. better about it, but they haven't actually said that. I don't think so. I, yeah. I mean, and, and we've talked about, um, you know, is now the time to sell on Carol? Well, I've, I've said, I think you still need to get a first round return for him. Everybody so, else knows, right? Everybody else knows. So I don't think you can necessarily get a first round return for him, but this is why we're saying you still need a first round return for him because I, I, I would have taken him with the next pick if you hadn't taken him here at what seventh overall. Yeah, I will say there are non injury reasons to bump him down just a little bit relative to Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman, who are just so proven. I mean, those two guys are two of the best hitters or three of the best hitters of the last decade. You know, I think Jose Ramirez is the only one whose track record isn't quite a decade long of being an elite fantasy option, but he's been outstanding for a long time. Carroll obviously doesn't have the track record of those guys, and the underlying numbers just aren't quite as good for him. He has a 389 Woba, 346 X Woba. Because he's so athletic and because he's so young, I think that one, you expect him to outperform the expected stats and to get better. But on a pure as a hitter he's more he's he's closer probably to like i'm trying to find the right comp that won't make people mad more like boba shet than freddie freeman i think that's fair but I, the combination of the power and the speed it's like, oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah and that that's why he's going as high as he is and frankly if i if i wasn't worried about the shoulder at all i think he probably should be the fourth overall pick. He should probably go after the top three. And uh, I have this written down in the notes too. I'm not really worried about the expected stats because A, he was arguably the top prospect coming into the into this season. And I just, I don't want to bet against that. So I'm willing to be wrong but about a, it, but... A huge standout at every level. Yeah, the- oh yeah, no, that's, that's so it's, like- it's, a, it's, it's more just when you're comparing him to Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Jose Ramirez, guys who have been top tier hitters, not just fantasy players, but like elite, elite hitters at the major league level for such a long time. You know, I, I, I think I, that that's, it's mostly just, you have to split hair somewhere. I'm already hedging on uh guaranteeing Freeman will be in my top five next year. <laughs> I, I guess I'm, I'm really counting on Otani not being in my top five because I think Acuna, Tatis, Judge, and Carroll will have to be. Acuna, Tatis, Betts, Judge, Ramirez, Judge, oh, yeah, Ali all De La there, Cruz. There's room for all of them, isn't it? Even with Otani, there's room for Otani and Freeman. Never mind. Never mind. We'll all keep right. going. Well, pick Scott, number eight. Scott, you have the eighth pick, but first we're going to take a break. So I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to think about it. We'll do that right after this. 
Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com Collaboration Tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Welcome back, and a quick reminder to sign up for our Fantasy Baseball Today newsletter. It's free. You can find it at cbssports.com slash newsletters. And I know, Chris, you've been doing a good job sending it out this week. Sleepers, breakouts, and busts for the second half. So, again, you can get all that delivered right to your inbox every single day. cbssports.com slash newsletters. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, scan the QR code in the top right corner. That will bring you right to the website where you can sign up for free. Scott, you were up with the eighth overall pick. I'm going to go against what I did in the article a couple weeks ago. I was trying to be more of a measured analysis in that, that uh, you know, the article, which is a bit more, it's, it's of a bit more permanence, I feel like, than a podcast, which people are just going to listen to once and never listen to again. So I'm going to go crazy here. I'm going to take the guy who I've loved for so long, who I've always thought had a first round outcome, and is finally delivering on that. Nah. I'm going with Corey Seager. Mm. Corey Seager with pick eight, not wanting to miss out on him because he has been he has been everything he was destined to be here. Finally combining those elite line drive skills, uh, the the consistency of the 300 batting average, you know, basically basically turned into that Freddie Freeman caliber hitter that we've long compared him to. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's only taken place over like two thirds of the schedule that everyone else has played. So that, you know, it's a smaller sample size we're working with here, but he's batting over 350. His expected batting average is 334. So it's also, it's, it's about as ridiculous as Acuna's is. And he has that Seeger has the advantage uh, that we're, that, that so many Rangers hitters seem to be enjoying where that lineup is just, it's so prolific that everybody's RBI and run totals are, just they're just enormous up and down the lineup it's crazy how much runs in rbi are elevating every rangers hitter in addition to having the ridiculous batting average and being the best power source at shortstop other than tatis and bets seager that you know that's just that's just elevating him all the more he actually has more fantasy points per game than freeman so far this year so yeah i think seager in round one makes sense all right well for me, there's not really a clear-cut hitter that I'm excited to take here. So I'm just going to go ahead and break the ice and take the first starting pitcher, who is Spencer Strider. He's my number one pitcher ranked for the rest of the season. He's the top pitcher in Roto, excluding Otani because they count his, his hitting stats as well. 344 ERA, a 109 whip, 166 strikeouts for Spencer Strider, by far the most in baseball. He's first in K-minus walk rate, first in Sierra by a mile. By every metric that we look at, uh, Spencer Schreider has been the best pitcher in baseball this season. Some inconsistencies in the first half, you know, velocity fluctuating a little bit here and there. Had some games where he gave up some home runs, but I think he's the best pitcher in baseball right now. I'm going to go ahead and take Spencer Strider, ninth overall. And Chris, you are up with the I, Scott. If I could comment on Strider, okay. I, I think it would be a lot easier 
for me to say he's the best pitcher in fantasy rest of way if he threw 200 innings last year. He threw 130 innings last mm-hmm. year. And so, you know, he's already over 100 now. I don't think they're going to shut him down at any point. But a, a lot of times when, 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 when pitchers are entering unfamiliar territory with the innings, we see them kind of lose something. Shane McClanahan uh, last year. Exactly. The end. Exactly. And he wouldn't be the first. <clears throat> you know, obviously, Strider relies so much on just getting maximum velocity that uh you know i i wonder how september is going to go so i i definitely see the justification for making him the first pitcher taken i probably would not be the one to take it but somebody has to so it's taken thanks for for take taking that one for the team frank i think that the best what the best way to phrase it is not it's not that spencer strider is suddenly going to be bad in september it's just an unknown. It's an unknown variable. And that works both ways, right? Because we're at the point, I think, after that first six or seven, maybe. Yeah, I think after the first seven, it opens up. And next year, if if everybody continues apace, I think it'll be eight. I think Aaron Judge will be there and it'll just be that eight. That'll be really easy. And then after that, I think it opens up. And that's why we have Corey Seager. And that's why we have Spencer Strider. And so it's it's just to say that there are a lot of sure things here. And Spencer Strider, as good as he is, is just a little bit less of a sure thing than certainly the guys who went ahead of him. However, if he gets to the end of the season and he's thrown 190 innings and ends up with 300 strikeouts, <laughs> I mean, if, he, like, if, if that's the pace that he's on, yeah. With a even if it's a 3.44 ERA in this environment, in this economy, like we talked about yesterday, if he does that, he's probably a first round pick, and he might make that group of eight a group of nine. So it's yeah. it's just a it is right now an unknown. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's keep it moving here, Chris. You're back up with the tenth overall pick, and this is where I think it gets really, really tough. Uh, I think. I want to just say Aaron Judge. So I'm just going to do it, even though we don't know when he's going to be back and we don't know what it's going to look like when he's back and all of those things. But he was arguably certainly almost as good as he was last season. He was having a season that very much backed up the season he put together last season. He wasn't he probably wasn't going to hit 62 home runs, although that was actually the pace he was on. But I think just as a hitter, Aaron Judge is clearly the best right now. I mean, Freddie Freeman is a little more well-rounded. But like Aaron Judge is now going on a two-season stretch, if we call this a season, where he's basically been an 1,100 OPS hitter. We haven't seen that since Albert Pujols at his best. Mike, I don't think Mike Trout even ever did that. So it's pretty wild what he's doing. Obviously, there are huge question marks, but... If Aaron Judge had no health concerns, is he the number two pick? I think so. Either him or... Yeah, he's in that mix. I think the top three becomes a top four. I think it becomes, in some order, Ronald Acuna, Tatis, Shohei Otani, and Aaron Judge. I think that's a top four if he's healthy. The latest update that we have came out on July 4th, and apparently he did some hitting off of a tee and taking soft toss, and he had this quote, quote, uh, doesn't feel great. Surgery after the season is a possibility. Um, that was per Pete Caldera of the Bergen record. So we'll see what happens with Aaron Judge. Still kind of up in the air with that toe injury, but when he played, he was amazing. Scott, you were up 11th overall. If I wasn't originally going to make this pick, I'm reacting to Chris's pick. If Chris is already taking Aaron Judge, then I should probably take the other uh, the other player who would be an obvious first-rounder if he wasn't injured, but he actually has a clear timetable as for his return. Unlike Judge, and that is Jordan Alvarez, who is set to begin a rehab assignment as he works his way back from a strained oblique. So I, I think we'll see him before the end of July. And, I mean, he was doing Jordan Alvarez things before he got hurt. He's averaging 3.96 points per game, which is actually more than Corbin Carroll, for instance. Obviously, that's a points league measurement, and Alvarez doesn't provide the speed Carroll does, but the point is he's super insanely productive and um, 
And yeah, should be back soon. So Jordan Alvarez is the pick. Jordan Alvarez in 57 games this year, hit 277 with 17 home runs and 55 RBI. Nearly an RBI per game. (laughs) Crazy stuff there for uh, Jordan Alvarez before getting hurt. Hopefully we see him very soon here in the second half. I am up to round out the first round, 12th overall pick, and I think I'm going to make it back-to-back Astros. And I'm going to go ahead and take Kyle Tucker, who is currently the 18th overall player in Roto. He's the 15th best hitter in head-to-head points. He's batting 288 with 13 home runs and 15 steals. The pace is a little bit lower than you'd like. Uh, 23 homer, 26 steal pace. He had a rough May that kind of derailed the numbers. But since the start of June for Kyle Tucker, he's batting 318 with six home runs and eight steals. Nearly as many strikeouts as uh, nearly as many walks as strikeouts. Good average exit velocity. Uh, Obviously, that plate discipline helps him a ton in points leagues as well. So back to back Astros there to uh, finish out the first round. And I'll just recap that. The first six picks, Acuna, Tatis, Otani, Jose Ramirez, Freddie Freeman, and Mookie Betts. And then the back half of the first round, Corbin Carroll, Corey Seager, Spencer Strider, Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez, and Kyle Tucker. We're going to take a little break from the draft. want to quickly talk about the A's promoting two of their top prospects, and that is coming on Friday. Tyler Soderstrom, 16% rostered on CBS. He's actually first base eligibility. He's played more games at catcher in the minors last uh, this year. But last year, he actually played more games at first base. And I think that's where he projects to play moving forward. Obviously, they have Shea Langoliers as well. So I think we'll see some first base, DH, you know, maybe backup catcher here or there for Tyler Soderstrom, former first-round pick back in 2020. 69 games at AAA. He was hitting 254 with 20 home runs and really good stat cast numbers. He is hitting the ball really hard down there. Scott, your interest level on Tyler Soderstrom. It's pretty modest. I'm going to be honest. I I, I became, I, I was very excited when he was drafted. I became less enthusiastic about him basically with every move up the ladder and in, in the upper minors, you know, he, he was supposed to be a patient hitter who drew a lot of walks and it was, it couldn't have been further from what actually happened once he got to the, the upper minors, the, the strikeout to walk ratio was pretty bad. He does hit the ball hard enough that maybe he's able to overcome that at the major league level, but for a bad team, you know, kind of hurried to the majors as a 21-year-old. Uh, and, and the fact he's first base only on CBS, uh, it, it makes it harder to give him the benefit of the doubt, I'd say. Now, if, if, you, play, if you play somewhere else where he's catcher eligible, that, that changes things quite a bit because obviously uh, it doesn't take much for – a player with catcher eligibility to be a deserving starter in fantasy, <laughs> particularly when he's getting a lot of it bats at some other position. Uh, so if, if that's the case, if you can use Soderstrom at catcher, then you probably just take a flyer on the power and, and, and hope it works out. But if, if it's not like that, if you can only use him at first base, maybe pick him up in leagues where you have a corner infield spot to fill, but otherwise I'd take a wait and see approach with him. By the way, I wouldn't rule out him potentially picking up catcher eligibility along the way. I don't think he's going to unseat Shea Langoliers as like the primary catcher, but could he make five appearances there at some point over the next few weeks? Could that happen? That, that could happen, so we'll keep an eye on that. But as of now, on CBS, Soderstrom, first base only. Soderstrom? <laughs> gotcha. uh, in leagues where he does have catcher eligibility, Scott, would you take Soderstrom or Henry Davis? Henry Davis. What about versus Alvarez? Francisco Alvarez. Alvarez. Um, He's behind them. I, I might dump Melendez for Soderstrom. Okay. In a one catcher league, just because trying to get something going behind the plate, it's not there with Melendez. Yep. That's fair. Uh, just trying to figure out where he would kind of slot into the catcher rankings if Tyler Soderstrom has uh, catcher eligibility on CBS. He doesn't. He does actually have it on Yahoo. So keep that in mind if you do play uh, over there. Zach Geloff is the other prospect getting called up for the Oakland A's. He's only 3% rostered, second base eligible, a former second round pick in 2021. He's a little bit older, 23 years old. He was batting 304 with 12 home runs, 20 steals, and a 929 OPS at AAA. Really good walk rate, 13%. Also strikes out quite a bit. Uh, Chris, any interest in Zach Geloff as a, let's say, middle infielder in Roto Leagues? 
Yeah, if Soderstrom doesn't have catcher eligibility, I might be more interested in Geloff. Uh, the statistical profile is pretty similar. Soderstrom probably has more power. Certainly the underlying numbers suggest that. However, the production at AAA actually tilts towards Geloff, and he brings speed to the table. And so if you're not worried about specifically having a catcher, uh, I think I'm more interested in Geloff, but honestly, I'm not particularly interested in either given the lineup, given the park. I think both are likely to be pretty draining on your batting average. If either hits 250 the rest of the way, I think you probably consider it a success. So I don't love either of these guys, but I actually think Geloff because of the speed, uh, what is it? 21 stolen bases and 81 games at AAA. I'll give him a little bit of an edge. Let's take our final break, and when we return, we'll finish out the second round of our rest-of-season draft. We'll do that here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, and we have about 20 minutes left to make 12 picks, so you guys are on the clock. Chris, you're up first with the first pick of round two. And you are muted, sir. There's two guys I want to take. I'm going to trust Scott to do it. go by his previous one. Chris, do it for I'm the brand. I'm going to take Julio Rodriguez. No, that was the wrong answer. I don't know what the brand option would be, but we'll see if he comes back to me, the, the other guy I'm talking about at 15 overall. But I'll stick with Julio Rodriguez, who has had a disappointing season and is also on a 25 homer, 40 stolen base pace because it seems like everyone's on a 25 homer, 40 stolen base pace, or at least the 40 stolen bases uh, early on. So he's very good. The underlying numbers suggest that he's been a little bit unlucky. They also suggest that he was a little lucky last season. So the underlying numbers are actually very similar to last season. There's another guy I want to take whose underlying numbers are much better than they were last season. Um, so we'll see if I get to take him. If not, we'll talk about him at some point anyway. But yeah, Julio Rodriguez, elite talent. Bet on youth, bet on him improving from what he's been, both just because the underlying numbers suggest he will, and also because bet on the 22-year-old incredible athlete who had a superstar rookie season. Bet on him figuring it out after a a somewhat rocky start to his uh, second season. Julio Rodriguez, currently the 21st overall player in Roto. It's really, everything looks pretty good except for the batting average. He's batting yeah. 249. He's actually hitting the ball harder this year than he did last year. He's just got to hit it in the air a little bit more, and I think that will lead to some mm. more power here in the second half for Julio Rodriguez. All right, Scott, you are up with the second pick of round two. So here we are in round two. There are two players. Well, I guess there are actually three players remaining from my own personal first round when I did the written version of this a couple years ago. I'm not interested in the picture, though. You mean a couple of weeks ago, Scott? Yeah. You said a couple of years ago. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago is what I meant. It feels like it was a, a very, years ago. very accurate uh, <laughs> rankings from two years ago. <laughs> okay, so it's between a shortstop and an outfielder. I'm going with the outfielder, it being the scarcer position. And I'm going with Juan Soto, who since May 1st is slashing 295, 441. 524. Very reminiscent of the Juan Soto we knew with the Nationals, the Juan Soto we knew prior to last year. He was awful in April, and I think that stands out in everybody's mind, but since then he's been he's been great. I, I think the power production is still a little less than even, mm-hmm. you know, since May 1st, it's still a little less than I want it to be. 
but that's kind of always been true for Juan Soto, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's his career high in home runs? It's has he hit thirty? I don't think he's hit thirty. I think it's twenty nine. Oh, he had 34 in his second season. Yeah, that's what I thought. I I thought he broke 30 once. Now, I I mean, during the 2020 season, he had 13 in 47 games. So maybe that would have been another 30 homer season. But but the thing is, like, with him, you're expecting high batting average, lots of runs, good power, provides a little bit of speed. He has six stolen bases. I I think he's fine here. I think he's good here. I I think he's going to be better from today forward than he's been so far. Yes, absolutely. And better in points. I, I think you'd probably bump him up four or five spots in a points league. And yep. I, that was the pick, Chris. He, that was the brand. Juan Soto. Yeah, that was, that was the other one. But I, <laughs> just like, I gotta say, like, I don't know if it's that people feel like he was overhyped or what, but like the reaction that people have to Juan Soto, like in the comments and on Twitter, it just like, it's so far afield from what the player he actually is. And maybe that's our fault. You know, maybe we kept saying the best young hitter since Ted Williams, which is objectively true, but fine. If you want to be mad about it, whatever. I feel like y'all listeners really underrate how good this guy is. Like he had a miserable April, but since then it's like hundred runs, hundred RBI, 30 homers, 300 batting average, 10, 10 plus steals. Like, he is an awesome, awesome player and underrate him at your own risk. I think if everything clicks for Juan Soto, he should be Freddie Freeman in the outfield, right? That's what we're expecting. Yeah. A th- 300 batting average, mm-hmm. solid power, 10 plus steals, good counting stats. The problem, and it's you know not entirely his fault though, you know he's part of the problem, is um, the Padres lineup has let us down this year. Yeah. Machado was hurt. He got off to a terrible start. Bogarts has been playing hurt all year. They missed Tatis for the first month of the season. It hasn't all clicked together. But if at some point that happens in the second half, we could just see massive counting stats from that and, entire team. So, and, and I do think it's worth pointing out, it's, it's not even really a hypothetical. He could be Freddie Freeman of the outfield if everything breaks right. He, he already was Freddie yeah, he Freeman. Was. He has been that prior to several times, yes. Yeah. But the thing is, we haven't seen it, I guess, for what, the past two years? So... That's yeah. it's you know we're half, yeah. talking about what the 2021 season at that point. So it has been a little bit of, since we've seen it, but that's what Juan Soto should be. Hopefully, moving he's, forward, he's he's Joey Votto. Like all the conversations that we're having about Juan Soto being underrated and people getting mad at him and all that like, is it's just Joey Votto ten years ago. That's fair. Uh, the third pick of round two. I think I'm going to take the other name here that you were referring to, Chris and. Might surprise some people, but I am going to go ahead and take Bobby Witt Jr., yep. who is quietly on pace for a near 2550 season right now. He is hitting 257 with 14 homers and 27 steals, and the expected numbers are much better. 290 XBA, a 515 X slug. He's already the 11th overall player in Roto, 21st best hitter in head to head points leagues this year. There is a chance that Bobby Witt Jr explodes in the second half. If he could come anywhere close to those expected numbers, I don't know if it's going to happen because the ballpark is kind of prohibitive yeah, there. I, it, it does seem like Royals players consistently yeah. underperform their expected but numbers. But in his case, he was right on his expected numbers last year. Like He didn't disappoint. He didn't underperform that in that regard last yeah. season. So, you know, I... I, I He's 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 such a weird player, Bobby Witt, because like it feels like such a 1980s stat line where like <laughs> this guy, like the the standout players of the 1980s. Oh look, he's hitting all these home runs, he's stealing all these bases. His on base percentage is horrible. Yeah, like his his real life value is far less than his fantasy value, Bobby Witt's. But you know, stolen bases are worth what they're worth, and he's delivering a ton. Of, even in points leagues, his his production is high because he's just giving so many stolen bases. And if he hits to that 290 XBA, all of a sudden the, the on-base percentage is going to look okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's the biggest thing for me is just if I didn't think he had taken a step forward, I'd be fine letting him go until the, the end of the second round. But with the underlying metrics being what they are, you know, the average exit velocities jumped up. Uh, almost a full mile per hour. The barrel rate is up a couple ticks. Like it's all, it's all mostly seeming to come together for Bobby Witt in a way that I think, yeah, there, there's going to be a huge second half. He was one of my breakouts in the FBT newsletter uh, today. 
And uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a big second half. All right, let's keep it moving. We've got about a minute per player left here. Chris, you're back up the fourth pick of round two. Oh, I don't want to make a pick now because I Bobby Witt was clearly the best player available <laughs> there for me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm annoyed now because I like I think I'm going to go Boba Shet. How the mighty have fallen. But it feels boring. <laughs> Is there <laughs> someone you're getting Boba Shet this late and you're yeah. upset about is there well the biggest thing is that he's actually taken a really nice step forward as a hitter. He's been a better hitter than he's ever been before. It's just where are the steals? Only yeah, three man. stolen bases, his sprint speed is down to 44% and like I don't think Bobachet is ever going to be the 950 OPS guy. I think he's more like a Kyle Tucker type where it's like he's a good hitter, he's not a an elite hitter. And when well, you're not, it, when you're still, I mean, if, you're, if you're just talking about if leaving out all those OPS leagues, which hard leagues, sure, if you're sure, just yeah, talking yeah. about batting average, Bo Bichette is clearly a standout. Yes, he's there. very, very good. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm underselling him a little bit, and that's probably also true with Kyle Tucker. They, they stand out more in fantasy as hitters. They're not, not like Bobby Witt. They're not better in fantasy than they are in real life. They're exactly in good as, as good in real life as they are in fantasy. It's just the shape of it is more conducive to fantasy production. With Bobachette too, similar problem to Juan Soto is the counting stats this year. He's on pace for yeah. 82 runs and 93 RBI. It's not entirely his fault because the Blue Jays have kind of underperformed. Vlad, Dalton, Varsho, those guys haven't really come through. So as a result, it's uh, keeping the counting stats down for Bobachette so far this season. Scott, you are up with the fifth pick of round two. Well, I was hoping to take Bobachette. <laughs> So I think the drop-off at hitter here is pretty big. I didn't want to take a pitcher because I don't believe in taking pitchers early, but I do think it'll be malpractice if we don't have Garrett Cole going in our first two rounds, so I'll just go ahead and take him. I do think he is not as dominant as he used to be. Otherwise, he would have been a slam-dunk first-rounder, but he is still a workhorse who gets, you know, uh, uh, strikes out hitters at a nice rate that the total is going to be impressive. Not on Spencer Strider's level, but on basically anyone else's level. I did have this as a discussion point, but it, we got to keep it moving here. We'll save it for another day. I think there is a case that Kevin Gosman should be dr uh, drafted ahead of Garrett Cole moving forward, at least based on the strikeout numbers. And uh, even the service level numbers are a little bit better than Garrett Cole as well. Uh, but we'll save that for another day. The sixth pick of round two. Oh, that means I am up, huh? So I've got to figure this out very quickly. Uh, I'll go with another shortstop. I think this is fine. I know we spoke about him yesterday. He's kind of fallen off a little bit over the past couple months. But just the shape of what everything Wander Franco has done this season, I think he's certainly worthy of this pick. Batting 278 with 11 home runs and 28 steals. Surprisingly, the counting stats are a little bit lacking for Wander Franco. Want to see that batting average pick up a little bit here in the second half. Will he continue to run as much as he did in the first half? I, I think that's a legitimate question mark, but this is uh, this was a huge talent, and so far this season he has kind of lived up to that, and I am taking him here with the sixth pick of round two. Chris, you are back up the seventh pick of the second round. Yeah, the concern I have with Wander Franco is just if the steals slow down and he had the one huge month, 14 stolen bases, I, I don't know how 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 he fits in this range, but I, I don't really... I, I'm not too worried about that. Oh, now it's like which surefire first-rounder from before the season who's been really disappointing do I want to take? Do I want to take one of the power hitters who's been disappointing? Do I want to take... I'll rip the bandage off. I'll go with Trey Turner, who has been miserable this season there's really no defense of it he's no longer he has no longer been a stolen bases standout he's on like a 35 steal pace he hasn't been a standout really in anything so far but it's trey turner mm -hmm. i i think he's gonna figure it out he is 30 and maybe he's just lost it but like he was really really good last season he drove in 100 runs he scored 100 runs Obviously, Philly's lineup, not quite as good as the Dodgers lineup, but it's not a bad one. I, at the very least, I feel pretty confident that Trey Turner's going to hit like 290 the rest of the way. 
So I don't have Turner in my top two rounds anymore. I, I think I was, that's totally real. I can't, I cannot make an affirmative case for it. I can't make a like, look at all these things that Trey Turner's doing. It's just yeah. look at the name. Yeah. And then I was with you for like the first couple months, but I, I think what the turning point for me was that like such a big part of his value in the past was that he was a stolen base standout. Mm-hmm. Even if he gets back to running like he did in the past, he won't be a clear stolen base standout anymore. There are a lot of other players, Wander mm-hmm. Franco included, who are even more of a stolen base standout than Trey Turner was. Like he hasn't kept up with the times as a base stealer. And then on top of that, you need his batting average to bounce back in an enormous way. And I, I just don't, I don't see all that happening. So I'm happy to leave him out. I, I was hoping you'd reduce some of the clutter here at first base. Because there are four first basemen who need to go before the second round is done, I think. Uh, and I'd rather not be forced to pick the first of them, but I will go ahead and take Vladimir Guerrero here, who has been the least the productive. Worst. The least productive of the four, has the best underlying stats, has the best single season in the past, the recent past of any of them. And so, you know, we're kind of doing this all last year, too, waiting for Vladimir Guerrero to bounce back to that 2021 production. Uh, I think at the very least he's going to bounce back to his 2022 production. That'll be worth a late second round pick. There's a big difference, I think, between last year and this year. And it's that last year he played to his expected stats. This year he's massively underperforming. He's been one of the biggest underperformers in baseball. His expected woe was 395. His actual woe was 342. So, like, I get it. Oh, he only hit well in the, the minor league park and all that. Like, Actually, his expected stats look a lot like that 2021 yes. season. Mm-hmm. 306. XBA 545 X slug. Yeah. Yep. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. goes with the eighth pick of round two. Oh, that means that I'm on the clock. So I should probably figure out who am I going to take? And I'm looking up and down here. There's a name that has performed. He was really good in the first couple of months. Do I want to do it? He's kind of fallen off. Eh, it's kind of a boring pick. I'm going to go ahead with a first baseman and maybe it surprises people here, but I'm going to take Matt Olson, who is the seventh overall player in Roto right now. 29 home runs, the second most in baseball, crazy counting stats with the Atlanta Braves. And it feels like every couple of years, we kind of swap the production from him and Pete Alonzo. And he's doing something similar to what we saw Pete Alonzo do. We know it's going to be a lower batting average, right? It's, you know, 240, 250, but we're looking at, a near 50 home run season with you know, 250 combined runs in RBI. That's a really, really valuable player there with Matt Olson. So I'm going to go ahead and make him the ninth pick of round two. And Chris, you are back up. Yeah, um, I'm. this is my last pick. That it is. You got to make a count. Are you guys going to do it? I'm not going to do it. Someone's got to do it. I don't think we have to do I, it. I don't know what it is. Oh, I know what it is. I'm not going to do it, no. I don't want to be the one to do it. You know, if but you want it to happen, get mad if we don't like you do have it. to be the one. <laughs> no, don't worry about what the people think. You, you never have to look them in the eye. I haven't brought myself to the point where I have Ellie De La Cruz ranked inside of my top 24. So I'm not going to do it. So I will take. He has performed like a top 24 player yes, on per game basis so far. It's worth pointing out. He's been outstanding, even in points leagues. He's been really awesome. Yeah. That, that'll that happen when you're an 80, on an 80 steal pace. <laughs> I will go with the other. He's not a first baseman, but the other early round pick who has been disappointing, but the underlying numbers are very, very good, and that's Rafael Devers, who actually has the second highest expected WOBA of his career, has the second highest hard hit rate, second lowest strikeout rate, third lowest strikeout rate. Sorry, excuse me, fake news. Uh, Rafael Devers... It's been disappointing, and yet he's on a 130 RBI, 37 home run pace. And it's really just the batting average hasn't been there. The batting average will be there. He's going to hit 280 the rest of the way, and Rafael Devers is going to be an obvious second-round pick next year. All right, Scott, you are up. Your last pick in this draft and the 11th pick of round two. So I think we both need to take first baseman. Maybe you'll disagree, Frank. But I, I will take Pete Alonzo, who I would actually take ahead of Matt Olson. It's worth pointing out. Uh, I, 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 I do think Olson deserves to go in round two, but I, I, the reasons I prefer Ols, uh, Alonzo over Olson still, a much lower strikeout rate. And kind of like I was saying for Shohei Otani, I feel like, I, I feel like we're, we're assessing Olson now 
right after he's been the hottest mm-hmm. he's been all year. He had a huge June like Otani. And so his pace numbers look better than I, I think he can live up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and meanwhile, Alonzo is kind of the opposite end of the coin. He's coming off one of his coldest stretches of the season. So his pace numbers would look worse than they're probably going to end up being. I, I think the one potential equalizer is that the Braves lineup is so much better than the Mets lineup. Well, so maybe I think there's that's why Olsen one. finishes ahead. What is it? He came back really, really quickly from that wrist injury. Yeah, like that yeah. was, they, they talked Alonzo, about that yeah, as like yeah. a three, four week thing. And he was back at the minimum, right? He was back in 10 days. And so that also coincides with him being pretty bad. I don't know if it correlates to it, but it certainly happened around the same time. And one does wonder, uh, but I think he'll be fine. I think he's right. That him, him and Matt Olson, it's very much Spider-Man meme, but Alonzo has been much more predictable over the course of their careers. Yeah. I think specifically for this exercise, Drafting for the rest of the season, I am a little bit worried about this wrist yeah. injury. Since he's returned, batting 147 with a 611 OPS, I'll be happy to be wrong. Hopefully, Pete Alonso, uh, you know, these last couple days off, get and some, b- get some right. Lost and- the home run derby, big red flag, <laughs> uh, first time in his life. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I, uh, I think I think he lost the home run derby last year, right? Uh, he didn't win it. I don't know if he participated. I think he I lost think. last year. Didn't he lose to Julio? No, he lost to Julio this year. He lost to I Julio. Think he lost. I don't know. He may have lost to him both years. Maybe. I can't remember either. Anyway, hopefully Pete Alonso is healthy coming out of the break. He uh, did lose to Julio Rodriguez last year, yes. The wrist injury has been a little bit of a problem there for him. The last pick of round two, I, I think that there are two pretty obvious names. Oh, people are going to be so upset we didn't draft Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, I am, I'll, I'll go with Paul Goldschmidt. I'll, I'll take yeah. uh, kind of boring uh, old veteran player here. The Cardinals, by the way, it sounds like they're going to be selling pieces off here ahead of the trade deadline. Uh, Goldschmidt, the 34th overall player in Roto, hitting 284 with 15 home runs and eight steals. And not to the same extent, but kind of like the Padres, it, their whole lineup hasn't clicked mm-hmm. together at the same time. So if at any point Lars Newbar gets going and Tommy Edmond is healthy, they're, they're going to trade out of them away. That's, before that. that is true. <laughs> uh, Jordan Walker, Nolan Arenado, Goldschmidt, if they all get going at the same time, I think, you know, this lineup could see some better days here in the second half. But Paul Goldschmidt, um, as safe as they come, really, really high floor play. I, I, I want to say between those four first basemen in round two, Guerrero, uh, Olsen, Alonzo, Goldschmidt is the order we drafted them in. I have no clue what order yeah. those four are going to finish yeah. in. I keep rearranging them in my rest of season rankings, just hoping I can find a, a, an order that feels right, and it never feels quite right. Uh, just to point out a few names who didn't make the cut, obviously, Ellie De La Cruz. And I'll say this, if he continues to do this for the rest of the season, then yeah, I think he's probably gonna, yeah, he's going to push sure. and be a first round pick next year. But it's still we, such a small sample; it's only been thirty games. If we do this in a month, and maybe we just need to revisit this in a month, <laughs> it's either going to be Ellie De La Cruz is a first round pick, or he's not in this discussion. I feel like that's that's one. He's either going to like he's either going to keep doing what he's doing, and it's going to be like, oh, you idiots, what were you thinking? <laughs> of course, he's a first rounder, or it's going to be like. The strikeout rate spikes. He can't hit lefties. He keeps hitting 60% of his hits as ground balls. And, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is a little scary. And, and by the way, if I'm putting money down, I'm putting it on him continuing to do what he's doing. I just afforded the opportunity of hedging here because there are a lot of other good players. So that's what I'm choosing to do for this exercise. Yeah. But again... If he keeps this up, I think we're talking about him as a uh, first-round pick heading into next year. That's Ellie De La Cruz. A few other names that I have written down here who I think just missed the cut. Shane McClanahan, kind of seeing how healthy he is in the second half. Sounds like he should start this weekend, hopefully. He's dealing with some back stiffness. Marcus Semien, he's still 20th overall in Roto. The counting stats Mm. are amazing. He's on pace for 19 home runs and 16 steals. That was surprising to me. That's that doesn't really sound like a second-round player to me. Uh, Kevin Gosman has been really good. Zach Gallen, I think, is in this conversation. And then Manny Machado is red hot. Francisco Lindor is hitting well over the past month. But You, you, know, you know a name that we haven't mentioned? Who's that? Ozzy Albies. Yeah, that's fair. He's the number 17 player so far. There, there are a couple players ranked in this range who, like, like Josh Young is the number 18 player in Roto. He's 
he's not a second round pick. I think even if he finishes as a top 10, 20 player, we're not going to draft him that way. But Ozzy Albies is the one that stands out. Like Lane Thomas is a top 20 player. Nobody's going to pick him there. But no. like, I think you can make a case for Randy Rosarena. Yes. Uh-huh. Luis I, I, Robert. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Austin Riley to have a top 20. Player. Sure. Yeah. Adolis uh, Garcia too. Adolis Garcia yeah. is a top six player in Roto. We didn't mention him at all. Um, and I think that's the end of the list. We basically, Francisco Lindor has been a top 15 player, which is kind of yeah. remarkable. We basically Bryce just Harper. drafted the first three rounds. Bryce Harper. So, uh, Chris, you kind of muted yourself mid-sentence there. That was Bryce impressive. Harper's in that discussion, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap there. Uh, who do we miss? Let us know in the YouTube comments or tweet at us and yell at us and let us know who did we miss today in the redraft for the rest of the season. For Scott and Chris, I am Frank. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to Fantasy Baseball today. Please make sure to follow and leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.